Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Today, we're so blessed that you're joining us. Have you ever noticed how far society and our culture has fallen in recent years. You know, not not quite the leave it to beaver generation anymore, is it? But how many times have you seen news reports of, of someone doing something so despicable that that you hear comments like, you know, oh, that's totally evil or they must be demon possessed or something similar. Well, though I agree in more ways than we have time to go into today, the question is, how did they become demon possessed? What influenced them to to do things like this? And why are they doing things so evil? Well, to help us delve into that realm today, I have a very special guest who is drifting into that realm of reality through something that many people often listen to today and participate in, not even aware they're doing it. And I'm not going to spoil it here, as I'd like Pastor Joe Schimmel to explain it for us, but I'm telling you right now, this is an interview you will want to pay particular attention to and share it amongst your family, friends, co-workers, and everyone else that you can think of, because he is going to pull back the cover and be discussing things happening right in your own home, and you might not even be aware of it. Pastor Joe Schimmel is a senior pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. His background is one that many teenagers in the 1970s followed myself included, as we seem to fall into that era of sex, drugs, and rock and roll mentality. And truthfully, it's about as far as we could get from serving the Lord at that time, my life included. Although I was just beginning to dabble in the occult and hard rock as a teenager, the military actually served to prevent me from following the same path that Pastor Joe ended up on. But that being said, let's jump into this program today. Help me welcome to the program, Pastor Joe Shell. Pastor, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I do appreciate it. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. I'm so grateful to be here. And uh, just, uh, it's grateful to get to meet you and, and hear your passion for truth. Amen. Amen. Well, Revelation 12, 11 says, you know, we conquer sin and Satan's plans by the blood of the Lord and the word of our testimony. And that's where I'd like to start. I'd like to talk with you about your testimony. I've listened to it before. I've talked with Doug Stableton about it as well. And I definitely, I wanted to get you on the program to share your testimony with our listeners because it's so powerful. And I know there are many people who will be able to relate to some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. But before we do that, the first question I always start with is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Joe Schimmel? Oh, man. So uh, <laughs> uh, right now, by the grace of God, I'm a child of God uh, through the shed blood of Christ and the, the precious gospel and uh, God's great love for us. And uh, a child of, of you know, of, of the father and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, a father of three children. Uh uh, happy father of three children, but five grandchildren, and Amen. a beautiful wife uh, who uh, has also been my secretary for the through the duration of our church, <laughs> thirty <laughs> plus years now. Praise and, uh, the Lord. 
Yeah, she came out of a lot of darkness too. That's quite a testimony. Uh, we all, I always say, I tell my kids, I go, if you guys don't fall into sin, I'm talking, you know, no, everybody falls short, but, yeah. and you stick with Jesus. I go, you guys have the best testimony. I wish I had your testimony. So we've all got great testimonies, Amen. but, uh, so been pastor in blessed hope for over 30 years. Great. Prior to that, I started a ministry that's called good fight ministries, uh, over, uh, be, you know, prior to that, a few years prior to that, yeah. uh, in the eighties. Well, we're going way back now, man. I, <laughs> we, I still feel young, but I start to think, wow, man, I'm old. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, you know, just, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Christian who just loves Jesus. And, and I encourage my, my, my brothers and sisters in the fellowship, just call me brother, you know, cause, yeah. but I'm saved by grace and just so happy, uh, to be, you know, getting just past that threshold, right. Yeah. Uh, by the yeah. blood of Christ. But at the same time, we want to bring as many people with us as possible. Uh, and so, you know, my heartbeat is to do the will of the Lord and he's our passion. Yes. And, uh, it's just neat to see what he's doing all around the world. Because in the midst of all the chaos, all the ugliness, the good news is being preached, and we're ambassadors, ambassadors, and uh, what an opportunity we have. We, we, of course, it's in our kingdom, so uh, of course the world is in disarray, but we serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So every true Christian has uh, the highest calling you could possibly have, which is to serve Jesus. That's right. Amen. And and no matter what happens, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. And, and, you know, my daughters, you know, I have two kids, and you're, you're, you're little, run a little behind two, two daughters and seven grandkids. So <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> but I, I tell them, you know, cause they'll ask me, Papa, you know, what about all this stuff going on? You know, all these, I said, this is exactly what Jesus said was going to be like, life was going to be like That's just right. before he comes back. So I'm not upset about any of this. I'm looking up. Cause he said, when you see all these things begin to come to pass. Yeah, amen. Look up because your redemption is on us and it's it's coming. I mean, technically we are probably I mean, it could happen before the end of this interview. That's how close we are. <laughs> Praise <laughs> God. Amen. But anyway, uh you started off listening to and then writing your own lyrics to music. What first got you interested in that delving into that realm and and how did the occult work its way through that to get to you? No, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I was surrounded by the gods of the popular icons of the images, the idols of that age, which were uh, for us young people, they were a rock, a rock band, you know, our, you know, the rock stars, pop stars and so forth. In fact, my idols uh, basically wallpapered my room. Uh, I had all kinds of Zeppelin posters, Hendrix I had up there as well. And uh, uh, they were, you know, who you aspire to be. The Bible says you become like what you worship. And yeah. we were worshiping these false gods. And uh, enamored by them, and we just were so enthralled by the power of the music that drew us in. Uh, it seemed magical, and it, I found out actually much of it is. And uh, at the same time, uh, I loved guitar. I started picked up. I bought a guitar, started playing guitar. But at the same time, that coincided with uh, not only writing songs but delving into the occult. And I ended up uh, reading a couple books that were around the home. I just opened them up. I was not much of a reader at 16, 17 years old, but I picked up a couple books in the power of the subconscious mind. One kind called the psycho cybernetic and one psycho cybernetics and one called the power of the subconscious mind, one by Maltz and one by uh, Joseph Murphy. And as I looked in these books, they talked about how to tap into this impersonal force you know, called the subconscious mind. And so I thought, you know, I was on this kind of scientific journey to sc- discover myself. Right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> As a result, uh, 
I was bombarded by all kinds of occult experiences. Yet I didn't understand them from as being a cult phenomenon at first because I was a pretty strict materialist, you know. I was uh, kind of an agnostic slash atheist, kind of wavering in between those two realms. I wanted to be my own god. Uh, Christianity, I'd only really seen a caricature of Christianity. I thought it was a joke. I, I thought the devil was this, you know, this guy in spandex, you know, with a pitchfork, and that's ridiculous. And these, how do people believe these old wives' tales? And as a result of my foolishness, not realizing and understanding spiritual things, I was bombarded by a lot of different occult experiences. And right when I began meditating, I started going to states paralysis. Uh, right after I started doing these, and the meditations were visualization, visualizing your success, a lot of the new age stuff. Yeah. Uh, the you know the popular spirituality today, new age spirituality that it just opens you up to the demonic realm, and I began to uh, have just really intense experiences of paralysis with a humming sound, kind of like that emergency broadcast sound, that one continuous uh, note that would go through your brain and uh, or go through my brain, and I couldn't move, and I thought, wow, that my folks, my family, kids, I was seven seven members in our family, they're going to come in and think I'm paralyzed, which I was. Uh, while this during the duration of this first experience, but they're not going to know this 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 tone is going through my head, mm. and I just pictured myself in the hospital, people not knowing what was going on. And I tried to shake out of it. I couldn't even move, couldn't mm. even yell, and then it stopped eventually. And it's known popularly as a form of sleep paralysis, mm -hmm. which many many people undergo, uh, uh, which is I believe often. I'm not saying always because we don't know all the mysteries of how the brain and everything works. But in my case, uh, it's also called demon in the bedroom, mm -hmm. and. Uh, it's an experience that a lot of times people sense evil entities around them when they when they have this experience, this phenomenon. And as a result of this, uh, at that time, I'm not thinking demons or anything. I'm just thinking, man, I just tapped into my subconscious mind. As Jim Morrison sang, I broke on through to the other side. Uh, so I'm like, I'm, I've tapped in, I think, and then it stopped. I thought, wow, this happened right after I started meditating. Continued to do the meditations. It continued to happen. Then I began to accept it. Then I began to meditate while I go into that state of paralysis with that humming sound. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a result, uh, I started writing songs automatically. I started, mm -hmm. lyrics would just come out of me. Uh, my line, my, my, my lyrics were way beyond my mental comprehension, even at the time as a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old, I'd have to look up a lot of the words to find out that they fit exactly uh, where they should have and the meaning. I'll give you a few examples of those uh, lyrics. My first song, uh, well, I'll, I'll go to my first song right after one example. Uh, one example was uh, called Society. And I was mowing my lawn, wanted to go play football with my friends at the park, but I had to get my chores done as a 16-year-old. And I'm mowing the lawn, might have been even 17 at that time because I'm hopping ahead a little bit. But a Tiki Tom, the Indian boy, uh, that a character strolled in my mind. And I just felt, I knew I had a song. I could feel it. Uh, I'd open myself in this demonic realm. And by the way, I'm having covers pulled down on me at the time. I'm turning oh, sideways wow. in my bed, you know, not levitating off the bed, but I can feel myself become almost weightless. And I'd, I'd turn sideways uh, in, you know, middle of the night. Wow. Uh, afraid to wake, open my eyes until like, you know, whatever time in the morning I'd wake up and see myself totally sideways. Uh, I knew I was open to myself to this for these forces, but I know what they were. So I, I go in my my house after mowing the lawn. I'm like, man, I got to write this song down before I go to the park. And there it is, Tiki Tom, the Indian boy. He stabs a state afloat in society's leaky boat. Uh, I don't know about you know uh, metaphors, you know. And he's got this guy trying to stab a state afloat in society's leaky boat. And dang Tiki Tom, the next line is cumbersome timber town, lived and done winters wound. Do you know the skies will weep tonight? 
Now, I don't even know the meaning of these songs until later. Uh, the meaning is until I look it up, what I'm saying here. And cumbersome means unfit. So unfit, a cumbersome timber town. I'm, I'm in Southern California. I don't know what timber town is. But unfit timber town, lived and done, winter's wound. Uh, so it's wintertime. The timber town's in trouble. Do you know the skies will weep tonight? It's going to pour. Poor Tiki Tom is in his little boat. He's he's done for. So it gives this dilemma. And then it gives the, the answer. It gives the gospel, but the false satanic new age gospel it goes it's all about going inward which is exactly what i was doing and how it opened myself up to these forces but they ask the question it says what well, first it gives a proposition of what life is uh, born into a world of well it says is it all worth life on earth to be a fly a flower a president without power a bum in the park a a priest in the dark a scalp without hair a town with no fear and it gives all these just scenarios in life and then it gives the answer uh it says which is not the answer says, born into a world of problems and pleasures of all shapes and sizes. Reach into your mind, you'll find all kinds of surprises. Color and sound are all around. Our greatest senses remain to be found. And then, uh, so it's saying to go inward, if that's the answer, which obviously it's not. You and I know, brother, that the heart's deceitful and above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. We don't have the answer. We need exactly. the answer. Amen. And then by the time you get to the end of the song there, uh, it, it kind of wraps things up. And, and Tiki Tom, now a fly in a dark room. So there's transmigration or reincarnation. You know, you don't really die. Those were Satan's. The New Age lies, the occult lies today that are so popular, all there in Genesis chapter three for the most part. Amen. You don't really die. You tap into forbidden knowledge. Uh, you you shall be as God. These are all the New Age lies. And that's what was coming through my lyrics. And Tiki Tom, now a fly in a dark room, struggles to stay afloat in a rippling glass of rum, waiting to be downed by a priest or a bum. And earlier in my song, you got the fly, you got the priest and the bum, but they're all separated. And, and Tiki Tom's not the fly yet. Now they're all together. And bro, my brain could not think those things up even right now. I couldn't write that song, you know, Man. and I wrote it in a matter of minutes. Oh, and wow. and wow. I'll give you one last example that'll go quite quicker. That's the first song I really wrote. Uh, I was called My Family, My Soul. I was falling forever deeper into the hole. I couldn't be freed. The devil was grasping my soul. I hear my mother screaming and my sister's dreaming and my father dying and my brother crying. Mm. And at first I was troubled at the devil for the reason. Then the choice had dawned. It'd be my soul or that of my family's to be treason. I couldn't win to be a devil or a demon. And then the song ends with there I lie at the final bottom. And there I lay to say goodbye. There I lie to say goodbye. And so I won or maybe so. And so I left with my soul and began to rock and roll. So there I leave my family in suspended sense of torment as I go to rock and roll. And that's where my lead guitar would come in. And if anybody said, hey, how could you do that? So your family souls not that we have that power uh for for power for music i'd say uh, it's a it's you know it's just how much i love music i would never do that i don't believe in satan and so forth i was being played by Satan like a flute so you know i didn't realize what was going on but all these lyrics that were anti-god pro-satan this was before the whole heavy metal era just before yeah. on the cusp of that 79 yeah. 80 yeah. and uh, 1980 i got saved just uh in 81 just before 81 so right around that time and I just realized in the midst of one of my experiences when I was in a state of paralysis that uh, after that, I'm like, why am I having all these evil experiences? Why does it feel like I'm being attacked by a bunch of flies at night and tormented mm -hmm. and shifting in my bed? And, and I was, by the way, I was coming up with all kinds of melodies, just like uh, songs, lyric. I mean, just like. You know, I don't know how this will sound over radio, but just like, like, just uh, from my mouth, and it's wah 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 wah. And I cranked my reverb and vibrato up, and just my friends were all tripping out. Designed a couple instruments, 
musical instruments. Oh, uh, one was looked like a Ferris wheel uh, about, you know, our height, but I didn't put it together. It was all on paper, but it'd have hundreds of notes on the outside that you would crank and you'd have a pick and it would, it would uh, hit all the notes would be hit melodically. But then another had two pillars with a bunch of notes, a bunch of strings, like the, like the, uh, Ferris wheel, and on both sides of the pillar, you'd have all these string, strings tuned, and then you have like this axe, a makeshift axe, you know, lighter than an axe, but with picks on both sides, and you would you would go up and down through it, which is be your rhythm, you know, and that would have been Credit Strange Show, and all this is I'm writing this down. I'm not an artist, but all these are things are coming to me, and uh, my friends are all tripping out. They're like, you know, and I don't know what would happen. I could have been in some club, dead at young. I was a very destructive kid. I was very, you know. Uh, you know, so anyway, all that was going down, but I'm having all these evil experiences. And I'm like, how come I'm having these bad experiences too? How come my subconscious mind is like tormenting me, you know, not knowing the big picture. Yeah. And then in the midst of one of my experiences, and this was an experience uh, where it sounds really strange, but I was in the waterbed at the time. And it's, it's true though. I mean, it was like a five, six, four inch, I don't know, like, a, like a little wave starts at the bottom of the waterbed starts moving to the top of the waterbed, just like, okay. like to comfort me, like, this is cool. Like you would pay for that. If you had a, it cost a million <laughs> bucks or something. And I just got up in my rear end. I just got up, sprung up to scream. Ah! And all, most of my people, my, most of my family was still up. I couldn't scream. I go, ah! I couldn't get up out. I was just, and I realized whatever's doing that in my bed is doing this to my voice. I laid back down. I'm like, what in the world? And I'm like, man, this stuff is so powerful. But, and then the next time that happened about a week or so later, same experience. So maybe I don't, it showed me that they're not omniscient, that they're studying us or something to be these yeah. entities, which I didn't know they were entities at the time. I go to roll off the bed and it's just very clear, as clear as I'm talking to you. It wasn't spooky, but it was just, hold on, hold on. I'll kind of a little, somewhat abrupt, but hold on, hold on. And I started to slow down in my mind, like I'm going to stop. And I thought, no, I just kept rolling with my momentum. Went in my bathroom, which adjoined my room. Cry was crying, say, leave me alone, because I realized it all finally dawned. I was a bit thick-headed, I guess. Wow, I'm opening myself up to, to entities. This at least at that time, at least very you know, disembodied spirits. I didn't understand the whole thing, but I'm like, it was so easy to put together at that point. Like, wow, this is evil experience I'm having. Everything I'm writing is anti-God. And it's not some impersonal force. I've opened myself up to spiritual entities that are very, very real. And I wrote my worst song ever. Because it was probably me writing it at the time. Talking voices are the, uh, in my head. Are they good or are they bad? They shake my bed to comfort me. But I see it uncomfortably. The high-pitched humming or buzzing will never go. It only seems to want to grow. And then I thought, you know what? I didn't know the Bible said test the spirits. But I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to, uh, I was pondering what was going on. And nothing happened for a little while, my experiences. And then all of a sudden, I went through a state of paralysis. And a lot of times it happened just as it's about to doze off when you're at your weakest. Boom. I'm in that state of paralysis again. And it was the most feeble prayer ever. You know, one of the most feeble prayers. Because in my heart, I'm like, only in goodness. Like, only if this is good. I just thought the thoughts toward toward whoever the creator is. If this, if, And then, boom, it stopped. I could never get that experience to stop. A week or so later, same thing happens. I cry out more directly to the Lord. And it stops again. Yeah. And I got on my knees and said, God, have mercy on me. I realized, man, first I was like, God, how can you? This, this lasted half a second. Lord, how could you let this God at that time wasn't Lord didn't know him, but God, how can you let this happen? And as I started to think that thought, I realized, you know, it's on you. I was the rebel. You know, the Bible says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. So I cried out to the Lord and I realized, man, I started to realize what humility was, recognizing who God is, that he is 
to be feared, that he's more powerful than Satan, that he I had authority over Satan in that situation. I opened the word of God. I began to read it. And the scriptures just jumped off the pages because I'm reading all about the spiritual war. Yeah. Invisible with demonic entities, this need for salvation. And how history is linear and that the demonic entities are using people to bring the world into the ultimate yeah. battle against God, Armageddon. So in the midst of that, I discovered the gospel and understood because I was like, how could God save me? I didn't know the plan of salvation. And that I read scriptures, whoever comes to me, I will not cast away by Jesus, Amen. read about the cross, read Paul saying he was the chief of sinners, and that if God could save him, he saved him as a pattern that whoever, whoever that meant me too, and you, brother, and everybody listening, that whoever comes to him uh, would be accepted because Paul as the chief yeah. of sinners was accepted. Yeah. And that gave me such peace and assurance. And I know I've taken up a lot of time, man. I'll take That's a breath right. for him. Yeah, but I just want to get I want to go back and cover a couple of things and go a little deeper on them. You know, and it's... When you were talking about that paralysis and stuff, and then the end about how you made it go away, I had the exact same thing happen to me. Wow. But I was born again, January 25th, 1992, in a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia. Take you there. <laughs> That's my testimony, right? 11.35 p.m. Eastern time. But uh, the uh, about nine months later, uh, we had my wife and I, I, like I said, that's when I was born again. She prayed for me for four years before. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you looked up the word, you know, heathen in the Bible, it had my picture next to it. <laughs> and well, uh, good. but uh, you know, we got born again and you know, quit drinking, you know, because I was into drinking and all that stuff. And and uh, I didn't even know I quit drinking. I went like six months, didn't even realize it hadn't even had a drink. I mean, it just praise God, you know, man. That's awesome. But uh, August of nineteen ninety two, no, nineteen ninety three. So it's been about a year and a half. Uh, I got called in the ministry. We were sitting on the porch reading the Bibles and Ezekiel chapter two and chapter three was my calling into the ministry. And uh, when I read it, I guess all the blood drained out of my face because my wife looked <laughs> up and said, what's wrong? I was like, no, I had, I read that wrong. Never mind. <laughs> but it said the same exact thing, you know, where I'm calling you to the people of your own nation. I'm not sending you to people of hard language, the speech would be hard to understand. If I sent you to them, they'd listen, but I'm sending you to people of your own, own nation because they don't want to listen, but that's okay. I've made your head harder than their heads. And I've always been called a hard head my whole life. So, I mean, it just made complete sense. Right? Oh, that's so funny. But uh, anyway, about, oh, two months after, cause I talked to my pastor about it and, I, to this day, I, I give Pastor Hall complete credit because I made an appointment to go talk to him about my calling, right? And made an appointment, went in, sat down, said, you know, I, I, I think God's calling me into the ministry. And he said, you think? I said, yeah, I think so. He got up, he was just walking out of the room, he just put his hand on my shoulder, and said, let me know when you know, and walked out. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was expecting to pray with me, give me some books or something. He's like, let me know when you know. And I'll, I'll be go. So the secretary came and said, okay, you can go now. You know, it's <laughs> a great story. But uh, I fought it for about four months before I finally surrendered and said, okay. But uh, about a month or so after that, I was sleeping one night and the, the street light shined through the Venetian blinds. And you can see the silhouette on the wall. And I'm laying there and I open my eyes because it feels like something is pressing on me. Yeah. And I open my eyes and I see nothing but blackness. Wow. And I'm on my side and I'm trying to hit my wife with my hand right. to wake her up. Hey, something's wrong. I couldn't move. Right. I couldn't speak, you know? And it was just like this, you're not going to do this type of feeling. 
right? Wow. And the only thing I could think of was Jesus. And I I literally forced out Jesus, but it was like, as soon as I said that, pressure released. That's right. And I said, Jesus. And just as the word Jesus, the name Jesus came up, the pressure got, and that thing backed off me. I seen the silhouette on the wall and it was through the wall and gone. Wow. Praise uh, God, brother. I mean, that that told me the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, Amen. And when you talk about that, I could relate to that 110%, brother. I know exactly that feeling. Amen, brother. And the people that are listening, the folks up, you know, that are listening, they need to realize the power of Christ's name because many people go through these experiences. In fact, one of the most popular artists, uh, pop, you know, maybe maybe the most popular female artist right now is Billie Eilish. And uh, she has uh, just taken the music scene by storm. And uh, she, you know, my, my son actually came to me and he's about, he's 25 years old. And he said, dad, he goes where he's working. He goes, the song came on. This was a few years back. And called, called Ocean Eyes. And he goes, you know, based on what you show in your presentation, this gal has a very similar feel that I just feel that this gal is going to be huge. She's going to be, she's going to be huge, but I believe she's got like this demonic anointing that you expose in your video. They sold their souls for rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I go, you know, I, I heard the song Ocean Eyes. I go, yeah, that's, you know, there's a strong, you know, not that you know that you know that you know, but he just had that sense. The next time she, she comes out with this big album, uh, it's called, I think, you know, when you sleep, where do you go? Mm. And uh, it's basically back in the bedroom. When you sleep, where do you go? Like this other realm. And she said every song on that album was related to her nocturnal experiences and her sleep paralysis oh, and wow. so forth. Yeah. And, and one of the songs is called Bury a Friend. Mm. And in the song, it has a young guy on the bed and she's under it. You know, she's singing about it. It's basically like her experiences, but she's basically joined the entity to now be used against other people. Oh, wow. And this guy is in this state and then he wakes up, gets on his rear end and she, and you know, you see her on the bed in the cover art, her eyes are rolled back. Like, like uh, the exorcist mm-hmm. where she's possessed. It shows her going, arching her back. You know, it shows her, uh, you know, walking down the hall. All of a sudden she's being pulled up a little bit and her feet are kind of dangling as she's trying to walk like a puppet. And in there, she says, you know, she's got to basically do the will of this entity because she sold her soul. Yeah. And wow. she has to serve it now and so forth. Now she's huge and a gal, I mean, a young gal. Now she's, you know, a little bit old. I think she's maybe around 20 right now. Cause she's been out for a few years now, but uh, Billy Eilish, uh, she had for a long time. I'm sure is upside down crosses mm-hmm. and these forces basically using her people that have heard my testimony and are familiar with their music. They're like, wow, that's what you've been talking about for years that you went through. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for today's portion of this great interview with Pastor Joe Schimmel of the Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. Now, his background, though, has been making waves in the Hollywood and entertainment industry for years, decades. And this interview today, they sold their souls for rock and roll. Well, this is just one part of what he does. And as we get deeper into this interview, because today was just part one of what ended up as a great three-part interview. So you need to be sure that you put it down on your list to come back and check out the next two episodes. Because today just gave the background, okay, of what he's been doing. But what we're going to transition into the effects it's had and then what he is working on now 
which is just going to take all oh, praise God. I'm excited about it because I know what's happening. Amen. I know what's coming down. But you need to stay tuned and come back for the next episode. Let me just put it like that. Drop down the show notes. Get in touch with Pastor Joe Schemmel. Check out the links that are down there because I am putting the links to what he's working on right now in these show notes, as well as what is about to happen. You will not want to miss it. All right. Till next time, as Pastor Bob reminded you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.